shining a beacon on the bazaar. This is how I like Christmas, aren't I, kid? You know, got the old, uh, all the doors bolted, got the oh, fire stoked it's up. so cosy, man, I'm boiling. Are you getting any heat here? Oh, I can, well, yeah, I, I know you're getting plenty of heat over there because you're, you're roasting the chestnuts, so it's oh, like I'm, I'm over here. I can't wait, man! Looking out the scorching, man. They're nearly there, they're nearly there. Oh, I can't wait. It smells amazing. Well, a bit unusual, actually, but it smells, it does smell amazing. Fucking really hell, nice. They're really fucking hot. Are they getting nice and brown? Well, I've made them black. Jesus Christ, all pews have been singed off, our kid. What? What? Oh, pews have gone off of... Oh, Jesus, they're nearly set on fire. Why did you, you tell me to do that? I thought you were tossing chestnuts, you dickhead. Oh, no, my nuts. I thought, oh, my scrot's all crinkly and that now. Okay, let's have a look. Ugh. Oh, God, he's all tight and shiny. <laughs> oh, smell that. What are thinking? Oh, that's gross. Here, yeah, let me get a fire extinguisher. <laughs> yeah, do some of that. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of tickles. <laughs> oh, I have to put some cream on that little... <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so shiny? Don't put any cream on it, I'll give it a twitch, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a point, I'm not doing that no, again. No, my, not... my eyes just got better. <laughs> oh, bloody no. What are we going to have as a snack now? Oh, I don't know, get a bit of scat. No, I can't eat that, that's disgusting. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get fish fingers on later. No, we'll get fish fingers I'm on later. I'm not that hungry anyway, after all, I'm just hot. Well, we can't have fish fingers yet, we've got to save ourselves for the Christmas day, so the oh, uh, seven yeah. fish finger roast. Yeah, true, actually. We don't, we don't waste one, do we? No, not yeah. like we, because a fish finger within a fish finger within a fish finger within a fish finger within a fish finger. <laughs> <laughs> really big fish finger, yeah. Oh, I love so it. Of a <laughs> <laughs> I'll scoop some mussels out later out of beer or something. Oh, we'll be what right. mussels are you now? After you've roasted the wrong kind of nuts, I don't want the wrong kind of mussel. I oh, will just go hungry. Horrible length. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to Crack and Cove, everybody. Right. It's the podcast that shines a beacon on the bizarre. And I'm Mark. And I'm Benny. And today we're going to tell you a bit of a few stories. We're going to go, perhaps, I don't know, we sometimes go into space, don't we? We do go a bit spacey. And we're going to go through the news to find out what's weird as well. And maybe back in time. I like the back in times, yes. Yeah, you're a bit into the back in times. I recently, am recently, yeah. I am. You're an old-fashioned soul at heart, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> I am, but space has been a bit hot on the topic, hasn't yeah, it, recently? Space, yeah, that's it. I mean, perhaps we we haven't actually covered it in, in, yeah. in this one, but there's a space story. I think we'll have a little chat about. I think we'll go straight into it. I think that's oh, what we'll right. do. Not not right now, but as yeah, we're, yeah. we're ready to rumble. We'll we'll do that. So without further ado, I think me and Benny. Now we've got ourselves settled for Christmas. Get ourselves all warmed, and he's, he's put a bit of savlon on his testes. <laughs> I think what we'll do. I think it's time for a little bit of casting. Oh, aye. yeah, let's cast. Aye. Right, so as I said before, we thought we'd have a little chat about um, a, a latest sort of like something going off in space. And um, what about the moon? I know, I've been all, trying to be all over this, but it's, it's a few days old now, isn't it? But it's still gold. It's like, it's, what's going it's on? Gold, but it, so it, for those of you who have, uh, who have been on the moon and not known what's going on or anything, <laughs> what has happened is the China's Lunar Rover, which is a great name called U22. Bono's <laughs> <laughs> driving it and everything. Yeah, it's the edge. <laughs> Whizzing around the moon. <laughs> He's just giving it big licks in back. Yeah. And um, they found 
an artifact to sort of describe him, but they're yeah. calling it a shed. Aren't they? I find it really funny that they're calling it a shed. You know, yeah. it's a, instead of going for monolith or something like that, like, or all last year, you know, they're going, oh, it's a shed. Yeah, I, I don't know why they're going for it's a shed. I think it's because there must be something in the translation of the Chinese, what they've called it, it must be similar to something that they really recognise and know. Yeah, yeah. Because they've straight away been describing it as like the like the hut on the moon kind of yeah, thing, yeah, the shed yeah. on the moon. And it, it it must be something that, it, as they say, it's familiar to their culture a lot more than us. Because we, we if we saw something like that on the moon, which is basically what we're seeing on the horizon, is what resembles to be a house-like or a square cuboid structure. I, suppose, I tell you what, that's the hardest bit. There's no real shape for it except for a shed shape, is it? You know, it's yeah. not as tall as a monolith. It's not as big as a house. We can't tell what the size is. Yeah, but I mean the actual just yeah. like kind of di- dimensions. The you dimensions, know, yeah, you know, the scale of, of it. Yeah. It's not, it's not yeah. square. It's just a little bit higher than a square. <laughs> yeah, higher than a square, yeah. It's the dimension. And it does look like a shed, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a bit weird, but you, the, I mean, there's a few explanations so far. Have you read any explanations? What the well, I saw dust the other day. You know, someone yeah. laughing about because I always blame dust on yeah. for anything. Well, I, I think what they're saying is it could have been like a big meteor hit the moon, knocked wow. a load of chunks flying. Yeah. And but they're saying it's not really feasible because whereas all the rest of the chunks are rock and stuff, Ooh. so they don't know. So what's actually happening now? It's going to take two days. It's going to take two lunar days to get across. Ooh. So what's a lunar day? Same as ours. Each lunar day is a month. Shit. Well, if you think about it, if you oh think, yeah, that's the thing. The Full lunar... cycles of it. Yeah, that's the way. Ah, cause, yeah, because it was six days ago, about seven yeah. days ago, and we got the news. So yeah, so we've got a long wait. Yeah, it's got a long wait. So we've got ah. two months. So we've basically got until sort of like what middle of uh, about February or something like that. That's weird. Cause that's when the um, the monolith kind of kicked off on Earth. I know there were a lot of bollocks, but <laughs> who's to say? Yeah, maybe we not still all don't know. Them. Yeah, I, I don't know one person who's turned around and said I'm Mister Sort of Jeff Monolith. Who's yeah. done it? But um, but no, I think I think it's a bit of a weird one. I think it's uh, it's interesting because I don't know I don't know anything much about it. Yeah. As well, it's being the Chinese rover. It's not like the Chinese have been sort of like really forthcoming with what's going on. Basically, they've said our rover has seen this. That's that. There must be yeah, boo sucks to you. Look what we've found you because they don't really share information like that normally, do they? They no. must be like fuck you. Look, <laughs> we yeah, found you, a you, shed. Yeah, you Americans have been to the moon top loads and loads yeah. of times and found fuck all. All you do is play golf and drive a buggy around. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of losers, we found a fucking shed. <laughs> Why do they get a greenhouse though? That'd be better on moon, wouldn't it? If you grow something, maybe so. I don't know, it works. That'd be alright. Maybe it's just, I'd love it if they found it and they got up to the shed and just dumped it. It's full of a load of wank mags. <laughs> yeah. like just your normal English shed. Yeah, proper yeah. shed, proper yeah. shed, you know what I mean? That's, that's the way it should be. But you know, I, mean, I again, I would love them to find something weird. It's now's the time we need something oh, fucking peculiar. And especially New Year, I think that'd be such good timing with that. It'd just like you know, ground us all, wouldn't it? Just saying, you are specs in the universe. Yeah. This is because in 2001 it were on the moon first, and then it's on the Earth. Were it on the moon? I think it was on the moon. Yeah, I mean the book for 2001. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of what the book was. It was an Arthur C. Clarke short yeah. story. And it was a basically a case of like if whoever could find the monolith, there was a monolith, wasn't on there. Yeah, yeah. And, they said, and when they eventually got to it and touched it, that's when it sent a signal saying right, the humans are advanced enough now. They found something, Shit. or they found the monolith. Yeah, yeah. That therefore means it's time for 
the creators, the people, the aliens, yeah, come back yeah, to this area right, now. And it starts sending out a signal. Yeah. And it sort of ends as a story. It's a spoiler alert. Yeah. But it ends as <laughs> a story of all the people thoroughly uncertain, thinking, oh shit, what is it that's coming? Uh, oh god, is that how it ends? Oh, yeah, I must have yeah. read wrong book or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, is it Moon Child or Star Child, one of the main apes in it? Any fucking I way. I know there's no apes in the, uh, in mm. the book. In there? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm gonna look into this. I'm gonna look into this one. You've just been reading a book about chimps. <laughs> <laughs> I read the sequel to it as well. Like rabbits. Oh no, you might have seen. You, tell you what, you might have seen. Uh, read the book. There is a book of 2001: A Space Odyssey. Ah, I, I got yeah. Because what there is is they I expanded it somewhere. Well, no, they didn't. What they did is an awful lot of books out there, sci-fi films, and the the write the book after the film. About the film, so you can get like the Alien trilogy all in book yeah. form and stuff like. They're all pretty good actually. You know yeah. what I mean, a guy, a guy who wrote a lot of that sort of thing was a writer called Alan Dean Foster, mm. and he wrote. He was the go-to guy for if you had a cool. sci-fi book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a lot of the sci-fi novels yeah. for all sorts of genres. If you look at Alan Dean Foster, his book, his book out like <laughs> it's amazing. This one that I've been up to in sci-fi, but it's Jaws the Revenge. You know. <laughs> Apparently, there's a book about you know it's such a no shit, way. shit weird movie, but it's just like a voodoo curse that someone puts on Brody's wife, and that's why the shark chases her to the other side of the world. No. <laughs> it's supposed to be I think so it, bad. It, it Peter Benchley, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Benchley drew it. It's so a great first book. That first book's brilliant. It's a good book actually. Mm. Yeah, there's a great bit of British book. I can't remember who wrote it now, but the man who wrote it. Um, was a stuntman, a British stuntman, right? <laughs> and it's a book called The Pike. Wow. And it's about giant pike. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, do, you know, do you know something? I'm not sure whether we didn't cover it on Crack and Curve at one point. I don't know, I think I would have remembered that because I did a bit of a story myself about a pike. <laughs> <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> and I never finished it. <laughs> well, maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the, this, the, this book of the pike, it was yeah. basically in the Lake District, in one of the big lakes, yeah. this massive pike had oh, got in there, cool, and they were just knacking everybody, eating boats <laughs> and all sorts, right? <laughs> but they were going to make a film of it, right, and, yeah. and, and re- fairly recently they did find something in a deserted shed, the giant fake pike they were wow, going to use. Oh, that's it. And it was like a jaw-sized pike. Oh, God, it's about... Yeah, the, I'll, 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 I'll do a bit more digging and find some photos of it. So um, if you're looking for it on our Instagram and uh, things like that. So on our Instagram, which is Crack and Curve Pod, or on Twitter, Crack and Curve. Mm-hmm. We'll, if, I, if I try to remember, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will be putting a picture of the Pike. From oh, the please, that's like, yeah. it. It's looking ridiculous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but to go back to that was also like things to do with the original book of uh, or the story that went yeah. with, uh, with Arthur C. Clarke's little short story. That makes total sense to do that. They'll put it on the moon, so when we actually manage to get the technology to get there, we're open, you know, open minded enough to understand it. That's yeah, cool, this is true. Yeah. And yeah. It's almost like one of those little signs that, you know, like if you had a rat or a certain sort of like a creature has sentience. Yeah, yeah. Um, then they show a certain display or the, you know, they can sort of show that it's an area. And you think, oh shit, they're in trouble now. Yeah, you know, or, or they are trouble to us now. You know? <laughs> the rat jazz mag and that, look, it's flipping the page and masturbating. Would it be rat porn though? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm enough. imagining rat porn they're all yeah. shaved and all weird oh and that. whoa <laughs> all unnaturally shaved doing it ratty fashion <laughs> yeah <laughs> behind bins oh no what an image <laughs> one rat sprawled porn. in a kebab and that. 
<laughs> Man, you saying that to be honest? Some of the scratty magazines you used to get in the eighties uh, could have been rats, bro. <laughs> Some vile magazines. <laughs> I wonder what you're calling a rat then. Are <laughs> <laughs> you steady, are kid? Bleak. So no, let's let's. End. But drawing a curtain over that. Yeah, please. Bleak. But no, it's it's the um, no, he's the actual uh, uh, shed on a uh, shed on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> not Mars. The actual shed on the moon. You know, I mean, this this is shed on. Where the jazz mags? They're at jazz mags again. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, stay yeah. tuned, dudes. Yeah, stay tuned. So though, that is a bit of a strange one. I think that is a bit peculiar. But we're talking about actual year sentience and for working out if things are sentient or have feelings and anything. One thing I would just like to point out to people is they have now discovered that things like crustaceans genuinely have feelings. Wow, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's only fairly recently sort of like being admitted as this. People just turned around and said like, no, lobsters, shit like that, they're, they're, you know, they're fine. Yeah. To chucking boiling water. Yeah. Uh, which I, I, I'll hold my hand up, I have done this. It's, I, mean, I won't be ever doing it ever again. Um, and they said, oh no, you see, they, they don't feel anything because they don't have those particular kind of nerve endings. Oh shit, all them crabs we've done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oopsies. <laughs> well, I will give people the kinder way of doing it. Yeah. Um, which is, well, I say kind, it's not, I mean, I don't think our vegan listeners are going to be very happy about this either way. Well, no, they do say one of the main things to do is just basically just whack a knife in between the eyes sort of thing oh, like. all right. but I don't think that's that's not the right way of doing it yeah. the best way of doing it if you have to kill a lobster or crustacean or any kind like this yeah. is to uh, put them in a little plastic bag pop them in the freezer for a bit and they go into uh, what's called a state of torpor right. so they go into like a numbness yeah. And they don't feel anything, just go to sleep. There's no sort of nerve ending. And the cold doesn't hurt them. Right, yeah. They've, they've, they've tested this. All that happens is in the cold, it gets to a certain level, they just go to sleep. It's like a like suspended. <laughs> it's like you're making it worse. <laughs> 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 I'm chuck them in a boiling pan of water. Yeah. And, and make sure them. they can see the rest of the family being boiled before <laughs> <Yeah>. they go. <laughs> just whip them till they get into the pan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Step on the little legs a little bit. You know. Brand the little claws. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, but uh, among the crustacean family, of course, then you've got your cephalopods as well, so it's like you've got yeah. things like that, and they are discovered to be a lot more sensitive. I forgot what that is. Is it It's squid. It's tight. So, so be kind to our little crustaceans and squid. Yeah, definitely, man. Like well, cute. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's not boil them, and, yeah. and especially with oh, the. It is so good, Arkid. Yeah, well, we're still. I mean, I'm still going to eat stuff like that um, mm. because I eat. I eat everything. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. You know, no, really, but God. It's a bit, if you had to quit one, what would you quit? One animal? I think it would be octopus because they are so clever. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's something clever like that. You know what I mean? But you just your main one. Sometimes I'm a bit with, with pigs and that. I'm a bit like, mm, you know what? I might have had my day with pigs. You know what I mean? They're proper salty, aren't they? In what way? Actually, the meat is solid. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, no! No, but you bacon. You like God? I felt like I were ill the other day. I ate that much bacon. What's wrong with me? I'm dying. Oh no, it's really salty, thirsty. Yeah, no, that's pig it. thirst got pig, me. The pig thirst. Get <laughs> <laughs> all frothy around my mouth by the pig thirst. No, well, hopefully, you see, maybe what if we find in the uh, in the shed on the moon? Uh, maybe that'll sort of change the tune of everything. Yeah. We'll yeah. just change humanity completely. That's what we need now. We need to like a pause board. We're all getting. A bit silly oh yeah. uh, you know all the space crabs come out like, chewing up the rover and flying at us and you boil as you come yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little warm is nearly here you will boil <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
certain animals we decide are absolutely gorgeous, don't mm, we? And certain yeah, animals yeah. we just say are delicious. And when we, <laughs> and we're, true, we're, yeah. you know, we are we're quite rubbish like that, you know. And, it's, and I don't know what it is. There's one thing that's sort of. I don't know what the barrier is between cute and sort of the eyes, probably. You know what I mean? Probably, yeah, that's it. We've got, got multiple cute. eyes. That's it. Lots and <laughs> yeah, lots and lots. lots. And yeah, we're fucked, yeah, aren't we? That's yeah, anything no, that's stamp on it. <laughs> Stampy. Two big soft puppy good old eyes. <laughs> oh, puppies have got the best eyes. Well, here's one for you. This is quite a sad story here. This is a this is a story about a little dog right called Spud. Oh, that's a good name for a dog. dog here, yes, Spud. Yeah, Come on, way. Spud. Come on, Spud. Here we go. And this is an old an owner holds a vigil for dying dog. Right, dying dying Spud. Right. Only to find he was in a food coma from eating 35 <laughs> chews. <laughs> oh, 35 chews. 35 chews. And he put him in a food coma. In a food coma, yeah. Is that like a real thing? Well, let's find out. Yeah. Let's see what goes on. Because wow. this is a story from Ben Thompson um, and Neil Shaw of Wales Online. And it says a dog owner was fuming after staging a bedside vigil for her dying pooch. Only to discover the mischievous mutt was simply in a food coma after secretly helping himself to an entire box of 35 dental chews. <laughs> Charlie Oliver spent an entire day fretting over seven-month-old Spud. They'd eaten something poisonous after he vomited twice and was listless. Oh, greedy pooch. Greedy little pooch, right? It was only when the 28-year-old had discovered an empty packet of the dog treats that she clocked to the source of her co- cocker spaniel's tummy troubles. <laughs> Spud had managed to nibble his way into an entire box of Asda treats and snaffled all 28 of them <laughs> while the owner was in the in the garden, right? But then he managed to find seven more oh, in another packet. food frenzy! So Charlie says that Spud was fine at first, but then he became really listless. He was lying down, he wasn't running about. But then he started to vomit, and he's never really done anything like that. <laughs> That's when I thought something's really wrong, and I ran the vet and I said, check if he's got a hard stomach, or I'd check the temperature, right? And, and that wasn't fun, because at the moment we're up the oh, arse with yeah. the dog, you know what I mean? But Spud's like a shadow, She just Spud follows around everywhere, Aww. you know what I mean? Really loyal Spud and everything. But then she said, I went to Google it, but I said, I've never learned, I've learned that you shouldn't Google things, yeah. said, because you just think, Dr. Oh, Google terrifies you, doesn't and it? that's what he said, that's yeah. what she said, he's just like, oh my God, dying, dog's dying. <laughs> yeah, like, so she, Spud. Yeah, so she shit herself, right? She absolutely terrified, right? But apparently, he said, because she was really so worried, and she was putting loads of fuss on the Spud, Spud just hammed it up, didn't oh, he? Right? And he oh, give me a treat, mummy. Yeah, I, I, I want more I want more love. Uh, so she said she discovered it, right? Uh, the discovery came about at 3am when she ventured into the kitchen for a cup of tea after a sleepless night spent worrying about her poorly pup. She says, I went to bed and sat watching him because I was so concerned that he was sick. But about 3 o'clock in the morning, I thought, oh, I'll just get a cup of tea and, you know, you're being silly, this is terrible, oh, you know. <laughs> And she went downstairs and discovered the dental chew packet in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> Tucked away. Tucked away. And that's when she looked round she found the evidence. Oh, right. did he put them all? 37 of them were no, all in the bed. No, 42. No, no, no. He's, he's 35 in total, right? So there's yeah. a box of 28 and a packet of seven, right? So he's, he's well, but no, she just found the little packet of seven. Oh. Tucked away, right? But she managed to get in, managed to get in through the box side. And, and, uh, and, do you want to see Spud? Yes, 
please. You're, you're adorable. You not look how naughty he is. He no, looks really sorry, so doesn't he? Does, he? Does, he looks well I don't think sorry. he'll do it again. No, no, I don't know. He looks quite happy. Oh, that's better. Is that dental chew going in his gut? I think so, yes. Jesus. <laughs> You've had enough, lad. I know, that's it. But I'm glad to say that Spud's okay now yeah, after eating, yeah. eating 37 dental chews. Hammed it up like that. it up. So that's, so that's a nice little story to kick it off. It is. As long as Spud's okay. Well, look at that. It's not really 40 in Australia. <laughs> It's just a fat dog, isn't it? Yeah, that's the best bit, though. Greedy fat dog. <laughs> Big fat pup. I do know a dog that um, that was all healthy and looked wonderful, and then it, it managed to get into a friend of mine and got into his... Well, basically what happened is another dog had come around to his house and yeah. said, Oi, you know, yeah. that dog had got in with his own dog, so like food supply. Wow. And it was enough food to last this other dog like a month. This dog had eaten a lot. Oh, Never the same again. Whoa. So it, the shape of the dog changed completely, right? Oh, went from being right, a healthy man. looking dog, right? To basically looking like a sausage. <laughs> 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 and, it, and after that, it kind of just looked guilty all the oh, time. Oh, imagine though, went water it, that dog chow. Oh, it just no. swelled up, and dog were like, oh, well, no. Well, they didn't know it eating all the dog food, oh, right? My and so God. then they sort of tried feeding it its dinner. Oh. So they put his dinner, and his dog's looking at dinner, and looking up, and looking at dinner, and looking up, and then it's off. Eats its dinner. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you bad dog. You fat fuck. Oh, a month's worth. God, a month's worth. That must have done some damage, that. Well, I think that's what it is. You see, that's the danger, isn't it? The the funny, that like, fat dog's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> when you see a fat dog, you're looking at owner like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, look at your fat dog, you can't leave. And then taking it for a walk, you think, you might as well not bother. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that fat dog is a fat dog. <laughs> <laughs> Big fat black labrador. You know, but if you've ever spoken to people with a fat dog, right? They always blame the dog, don't they? Oh, I'm gonna Ooh, do. He's a right greedy lad, yeah. isn't he? Oh, been to shops and oh, you haven't been to shops, has he? <laughs> it's you, you crazy bastard. It's down, isn't it? <laughs> you're, you're here to lose a few pounds, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Generalising a bit there, but the fat uh, dog is true. <laughs> <laughs> So, but you know, got I mean, there. There are little friends of dogs, so it's yeah. like you know, he's cruel. He's, he's almost as cruel as chucking him in boiling water. Isn't it? <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. So be kind to dogs and give them a balanced diet. Yeah, you know, a balanced yeah. diet for your dogs. Yeah. Look at this one. We'd be almost like vets. <laughs> the advice we give. Yes, <laughs> and it's not because we're vets because we look at dogs' assholes all the time. <laughs> we were acquitted. Yeah, didn't, no one pressed any further charges. <laughs> Now this has been my one of my favourite news stories of the week. Is this? I think this, this has been a little cracker. Is this? It's the huge Calder Valley model railway hidden from girlfriend has been unveiled. Oh God, someone with a proper addiction. Oh, this yes. is it. How do you hide a model <laughs> railway? That's a room in it. You sealed a room off or something. Well, let's find oh, out. Because this tickled me immensely, oh. didn't this, right? And this is from BBC News. A train fanatic has unveiled a huge model railway that he originally hid from his girlfriend after eight years of work. Oh, God. Simon George made a scale model of the 1.5 mile Calder Valley Line at Heaton Lodge Junctions at Kirklees. <laughs> at 2,000 feet long, the creation had to be transported in three lorries, right? Oh, was he in it? 
Mr. George said the ultra-realistic model depicts the railway near where he grew up, with him spending hours watching trains pass by his house. Aww. He said, It depicts the 1980s as it used to be, with lots of coal trains, before the miners' strikes. Uh, when we're children, we have our own special places. But for me, I used to come here as a child and spend so much time watching the freight trains go past. The model was partly created from Mr. George's memories and photos, with trees being placed in the exact positions they would have been in 1983. Oh, he has a bit of a photographic memory and the photo. Oh, it, it was done purely so I could put myself back in 1983. And even now, if I look up for a split second and see the trains coming in the distance, does make me hair stand on the back of my neck, stand up, and because it's like deja vu. The train runs on 3,280 feet of track, oh which is 1,000 metres, is a kilometre of track. Oh, God. Passing near bridges and line side furniture and ele like electric boxes and even litter. So he's even put oh things on the litter God. as he remembers it from 1983. Uh. It's getting sinister now, Arkin, yeah, is Mr. George created the model over eight years with the coronavirus lockdowns providing him with more time to perfect the sets. <laughs> the trains run on a timetable, loosely based on what they would have done in 1983. Oh, my God. Speaking at an event at Wakefield Market as the model was unveiled... Oh. Big event. <laughs> <laughs> Steady. <laughs> He said he was pleased with how it turned out. The Calder Valley line connects Leeds to Manchester and Blackpool. He said he had been told it was Britain's biggest model railway by filmmakers and rail magazines. Bloody hell, that's a big achievement, is that? Because millionaires are into yeah. all that sort of stuff. Dude out of the who's into it. I go, yeah, that's yeah. it. Rod Stewart. Yeah. He is as well. Oh, that's someone I've got yeah. mixed up. Other, <laughs> other ones in that other thing on his laptop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> other things going in the small holes. <laughs> oh, ooh. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be off colour, wasn't it? Allegedly, <laughs> yeah. Alleg <laughs> I was he was researching a book. <laughs> exactly, that's what he was doing <clears throat> about paedophiles. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Anyway, he said he was the uh, biggest royal model railway by filmmakers and rail magazines, but he never intended to create a model this size, and he even tried to hide the creation from his girlfriend. How? Uh, well, when I first met her, she didn't know I was building this. She knew I leased a mill with a huge basement, but I kind of led her to believe I was a wine merchant because I sounded... <laughs> because I sounded cooler than building a model railway. <laughs> He's just wasting your money. I was a wine merchant. God. Let's just play this down. So we right. This story has got layers. Yeah. Like, this it story, has. Right. So there's a guy here, right, and it's fine, he builds a model railway, keeps him out of trouble, he's yeah, out of pub, yeah. he's not causing any trouble, he's not kicking off anywhere, yeah. you know what I mean? He's just building the model railway. But as usual with a lot of blokes, got a bit out of hand, hasn't it? it? Has you know? Obsessively out of hand. And first of all, one thing I do want to point out, right, is the Kirklees railway line there, the, or the Calder Valley line that ran from Kirklees and Woods to Leeds, Manchester and Blackpool. Why nineteen eighty three? 
What was it that happened there? Yeah, he, uh, th- be honest with you, I'm, the whole story, I'm transfixed on that bit. Yeah. I'm just thinking, right, instead of spending all their millions about going back to 1983, you go lay on that mucky bit of concrete there, and I'm going to stamp on your head with a fucking Doc Martin and a <laughs> white dog shit underneath it. <laughs> That's 1983, Paul. <laughs> right there. <laughs> you don't have to do all that. Yeah, that's just, just some racism, sexism. <laughs> Wow, a, but what but is that? Th- Especially though it's something happened, I, I don't think he's realised, right? What he's actually going back to, he's creating the railway line, isn't he? Yeah, In yeah. his head, it's, it's like psychotherapy, isn't it? Yeah. He, he's creating the railway line in 1983, he's even got the litter right and everything like that, you know, and he's, he's getting it. Is he the one that's done the bricks on the wall? He's done the bricks correct as well. Someone else yeah, has about this. Yeah, done everything, someone else yeah. has mentioned this. Yeah, he, he's basically it's brick by brick on the bridges, apparently. It's that detailed. It's well, just, just, I mean, he's trying to remember something that happened, really, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the psychotherapy that we're hearing here. Mm. The guy was down there, he, 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 the railway was 1983, and watching the trains go past, I can remember the all the trees where they are, and then what do I remember? What is it that I'm blocking out? Yeah. Somewhat bloody happened down by those railway tracks really, because there's some right dodgy bastards kicking about exactly. back in 1983. Do you want a sweetie, lad? <laughs> <laughs> it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> It's going 1984 in a few hours. <laughs> Go on, live a little. <laughs> Take your trousers off. <laughs> Get in with Jimmy Song Caravan. Exactly. <laughs> this is the age of the train. Oh, as he God. used to say. Oh, did he? Is he yeah. Oh, God. This is the age of the train, Jimmy Savile. So, something like... happened to this kid, didn't it? Let's face it. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we think so. We we think he should have a little bit of a word because you know you've only been in the 1980s. Because you know something, we used to live on a street with a kid who was uh, trapped in the 80s. Oh, yeah. He was. Uh, we, I, I won't say his second name, right? But you never met him. What? But there was a guy, and I discovered that me and a mate of mine, we were on a bus once. And this guy, this lad, got on right, and he was hyper aggressive. He was a few years older than us, right? Was, and he was called Nicky. Right, right, and we we just dubbed him Nutty Nicky, which wasn't very kind yeah, at the time. Yeah. But this was this was he was Nutty. Yeah, this yeah. was in the nineties, right? Where when we met this guy, he was going on about being in fights and just couldn't go, stop going on about the eighties. All oh, right, and he, he said even confessed at one point he says, uh, "Yeah, I can't get a job or anything like that." He said because I'm stuck in the eighties. Whoa! And I said, "What well, you're stuck in the eighties? What's that even mean?" <laughs> <laughs> What a thing to say to someone on the bus. I can't get a job. I'm I'm stuck in the 80s. Literally, you're not really here. Yeah, he he can't get his head out of the 80s. He's just obsessive. So basically what he was doing, he had like a back bedroom in his mum and dad's uh, bungalow. Uh. He was still like living in back bedroom in this bungalow. Right. Right. And he'd go out and sort of like go on buses and stuff like that, look out of windows and think about the 80s. Then he'd go into Leeds and wander around and think about what it was like in the 80s. And then he was coming home and he, he couldn't believe that all his mates had gone off and got jobs and got married and done things because they weren't still in the 80s like he was. Oh, God. And all he could think about were times they were in fights. Oh. Fighting. Do you remember you, do you remember when you were in the 80s and you used to be in fights all the time, didn't you? No, I didn't. Oh, oh wait, me and my mates were. Oh, we'd have fights all the time. You'd beat this and fight that and you'd cock at walk and I'd fight him and we'd fight them and we'd go across to their school and fight them. And then that's what it was like in the 80s, oh. wasn't it? Well, not for me, it wasn't. Oh, my God, what's all it like? Yeah, stuck in the 80s. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he's still there. What, in the 80s? He might have moved to the 90s or something. I don't think so, he was stuck in the 80s. <laughs> Didn't say fuck all about the nineties. <laughs> Do you want to know? No, I didn't want to know. Jeez. I don't know what you do. You sort of wafted something like a Nintendo Switch under his nose or something. Yeah. Wonder just deny it. No, Wonder he's got a mobile phone. No, I bet he hasn't. Yeah, I bet he hasn't. 
Oh. Oh, I'd like to introduce him to this guy with a train set, though. Yeah, Get Nutty play. Nicky across to have a word with him. He'd try to get a miniature machine. Shrink me! I need to go in! Yeah, he would. He'd just uh, climbing all over it, wouldn't he? Yeah, be ruining fighting. it, breaking, fighting. <laughs> <laughs> fighting like fuck. God, that's sinister. How could you make a story about that? <laughs> so sinister. <laughs> Because <laughs> we got, we've got dark past. That's yeah. Where's it going? This railway? Then he says, round and round and round. Forever. So he does this on the big. Do you want a picture of it? Yeah, please. Here we go. Let's have is a it still in his like? So he, he's got a little picture of sort of some kids there uh, looking at the railway. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh, that's him in it. Oh, that's that, like Jimmy Savile. It does, doesn't it? Creeping at back of him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's him, isn't it? I bet that's him looking at the... Yeah. Yeah. That'd be him looking at it. So you can see length of fucking railway down there. Look at oh, that's that. mental. Absolutely massive is this railway line. I wonder how much it costs. What do you think a kilometre of yeah, railway? Man. That's what he's built like. Yeah, not Hornby. He's well right, right, and, right, so we're still... I'm not, I'm not moving away from this story just yet. There's more to unpack, <laughs> right? More, this guy, right, let's just... Look, I'll quote again. She knew that at least a mill with a huge basement... But I kind of led her to believe I was a wine merchant. Right, he leased a mill with a huge basement. Oh, my God. Now, let's just think how big a mill is, right? Yeah, yeah. This is an ordinary bloke. He's leased a fucking mill. On his own as well. You know, like, you open your door, you're like Frankenstein, aren't you? You Walking down, all damp and that lady, and he's looking round. That'll do. Yeah. And he's handing an envelope of money across to some dodgy guy. Oh, God. And then what does he do? He comes in there, locks the door behind him, and gets all his bits of train set out and starts. Oh, oh, and then just stays and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Come on, 1983. How have you got time to do it? And he's got a girlfriend, and why? Fuck you, imagine what you'd be doing on a night if you were like, we all ass and sort of saying, <laughs> uh, what, what are you going? Uh, I'm just going to go um, check on wine. <laughs> <laughs> I never see any wine about it. Maybe he just gets her a couple of bottles. There, that's the wine. Yeah, what? Yeah. But we've got um, uh, Blossom Hill and Leib from Welsh. He <laughs> <laughs> could just like steam the wrappers off, couldn't he? Just give them like bottle, you know what I mean? Like, I made that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made that. I don't think he's got a fucking vineyard down there. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, he's led her to believe he was a wine merchant. God. So he, what's happened is, he, he, he's. I mean, if he's a wine merchant, is that his job then? Oh, his pastime must be his pastime. Yeah, so, so he's, he's, yeah, so he's basically driving a forklift to do something like that because yeah. you know that's that's your average job. I mean, that's it. He's Rod Stewart. That's been <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Rod all along. <laughs> but this guy must have a bit of brass to sort he's of. He's got her. That's a fortune of stuff. Is that to be down there? He spent all his money. She must be thinking, why? Why are we so poor all the time? He's got a good job on forklifts. <laughs> <laughs> Where's it all going? Where's all money going? It's that wine. It's surely the wine wine selling. It's yeah. really bringing on the bacon. <laughs> It's inflation, love. It's not the eighties, you know anymore. Always, Marcella. It's the price of wine. Bottle of hock. One pound ten. The thing is with him. He's, he's, had to, he's had to own up, hasn't he? Yeah, he's fessed up eventually. He's fessed up, he? She must have been thinking he's having a, you know, like an affair. She'd kick door down as well. Right! Oh my god! Yeah, that's it. She's in sight of it. All lights and bell. They're all scheduled trains and stuff. And to see signs, there's a kilometre of railway track down there. Going, where's Alt Wine then, Simon? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I'll see when carriage comes back. See if there's any on board. Choo choo. Open the little door. No, yeah. None there. None in there. Some oh, milk though. Man. It's milk train this time. Oh. 
what if it runs day and night when he, you know when he's peak when he's just letting it run just on the schedule what if he says out when it's running or is he just watching this uh, kilometre of and the boy on the bridge is just watching yeah Oh. 1983 with all its litter. Oh. Like white dog dirt and all that. Yeah. Like it's mentioned there. Jack boots and yeah, concrete. Oh bloody hell, fire! Mm. Well, good luck to him. I think yeah. that's all right. Biggest yeah. training world
in zero gravity, fluid float into the head and squash the eyeball over time. <laughs> it's like when we were kids, remember, they used to push me thumbs <laughs> yeah. in the <laughs> Oh, no, you used to do that yeah, to me. Yeah, they used to do it to you. You used to do that to me, and I used to waggle a, uh, the handle of a teaspoon at your belly button. <laughs> yeah, and the agony is... It's unravelling, it's unravelling. <laughs> the agony of youth with that one. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that now? I mean, you're rolling around oh, doing God, that no, shit. I can feel it in my belly button, the gold spoon end. No. <laughs> So it's regarded as one of the riskiest medical problems affecting astronauts, with some experts concerned it could compromise missions to Mars. So the sleeping bag sucks fluid out of the head. Oh, <laughs> God, it's actually connected to you. It's like doing it, massaging so you. No, well, what it is, it, it, it sucks the fluid out of your head, right, by, well, by basically sucking everything from the waist down. <laughs> what? <laughs> Because he's in half a tube, and he? half his body's in the tube, That's half of it's it. out of the tube. So they're creating pressure, vacuum in there. My God. So there's a big sort of sucking going on from the waist down, Ooh. and it sucks the blood down to below the legs. And then it, and then it naturally comes back up again, it forces right, and it leaves your eyeball pressure alone. Yeah, How so. long does his doodle when it gets up? <laughs> <laughs> down your ankles with a like, thin tube like a straw. <laughs> Might be right, big and bulbous by the end of it. I'd like a go on it. <laughs> what? It's like a massive. It does look like a massive flashlight, to be fair. Yeah, yeah it does. Have. <laughs> 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 just put your entire body in a flashlight. Oh. It's absolutely weird, isn't it? It says on Earth, gravity pulls fluid down into the body each time a person gets out of bed. Right. Sometimes known as unloading. And was, yeah, yeah, get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> but in space, the low gravity allows more than half a gallon of body fluid Shit. to gather in the head. What? Half a gallon? Oh, God. That's four pints. Oh, that's really disturbing, oh isn't it? Oh, God. Right? They must be so hard, astronauts. I heard a bit about, you know, like, is a vertigo real? And, and are we just so used to, like, not getting that vertigo feeling? Right. You know what I mean? You know, because we're spinning about on a planet, gravity, you know, yeah. we just don't think about it. You know, but with people with vertigo, if something's gone wrong at it in a way, and you're getting that sense of falling yeah, over yeah. all the time. Imagine it in space. You, you know, if you start thinking about it, the vertigo feeling must be sickening, you know? There's no but, up yeah. and down or sideways or anything. It's like... I, I, I totally agree. I, I think, we, I mean, the, the stuff you have to go through. I mean, you don't have to be as hard anymore. If yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because these people in the seventies and stuff going they up. They were you know what I mean? mentally rock hard, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, and it's in fact Alan Shepard, one of the first guys into space. I can't remember Alan Shepard whether he's into space first. I think he was. I think he was part of the Gemini missions. Was yeah. Alan Shepard. His daughter's just gone into space. Oh, cool. Yeah. And but she's seventy-two years old. So <laughs> yeah, I think fair play, well done. Yeah. yeah. She's gone. I say space. She's gone into near Earth orbit kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he's gone up, had a bit of a float around, had a bit of fun, come back down again. Yeah. Because everybody's doing it. Exactly. Like, you know. yeah. But the original ones, the G forces they had to go through originally, you know, the Gemini missions and stuff like this, and then the Apollo missions. Yeah. So they, they were under insane duress yeah. and pressure. And of course, there were, there were test pilots, the first guys up in space, yeah. you know. And the most dangerous thing about it, one of the, the thing that killed most astronauts was actually the um, it was the test when they were testing what they'd do. Because yeah. they basically built these little sort of spaceships. They had fake, well, not fake ones. They had ones that were going to send up into space, then the other ones testers. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think it was in one of the Gemini missions, actually, within the capsule, or, or Apollo missions. They had all of them in a capsule and stuff. Yeah. Everything going wrong. But then the electronics 
sparked a fire within oh, the capsule and because it was super saturated oxygen yeah. it just went wham and just, oh, just cooked it, them all inside I've it. heard of that one before yeah. I they were all ready to go they were all the big heroes and he just like say vaporised with fire oh god just horrible they're so brave though they're all so nutty you know what I mean they yeah, super a, brave an, yeah. a, a, a adrenaline um, kind of um Addiction or something, you know. Yeah. I, mean? it's I like, think I think they have got some like that because either that, yeah, they just don't feel fear. Yeah. Like they just don't feel fine. I think some people just don't have it. But I don't. I think it's Kathy Burke, the actor and director. Yeah, uh, she does a lot of um, theatre now and stuff. She like does. That. She yeah. does some really good stuff. Yeah. She's by mouth or her, wasn't she? Uh, I know she started. I'm sure she had something to do with the writing or producing. I'll have a look at that. But, yeah. Yeah. but I know she's had she had uh, an illness. I, I, I want to say oh. she had a little bit of cancer. But yeah. um, basically, what the the disease she had affected her adrenal gland, wow. and she had to have it removed. God. So now Kathy Burke has no adrenaline whatsoever Whoa. and feels no fear. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Kathy Burke feels no fear. Yeah, and she feels no wow. fear. But she also, you know, for example, like a shock. Yeah. So it goes bang nearby. Nothing. Whoa. She didn't have any of that no kind fight of reaction. Fly, yeah, no, it's just, just like, yeah, what the fucking hell was that then? Yeah. You know what I mean? She just didn't oh, care. Oh, that kind of suits her though, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like rock Completely out. Completely unfazed by wow, anything. Wow, she feels no fear. Yeah, you'd have thought that's what, the, uh, that's what they'd have to sort of do for astronauts and stuff, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, just do that. kind of get them kind of people. What, um, can you name the organ, the physical organ that's never been in the space on a human? Ha! <laughs> well, like the one at church, or? <laughs> 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 right, well, well, bodily organ. A bodily organ that's never been in space. That's ridiculous. The whole body goes up into space. Yeah. That, that's a trick question. That's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually. It's a true question. Is it the bollocks? No. <laughs> 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 oh, no. oh, oh, you son of a bitch. Did I tell you? Yeah. The appendix. Oh, what? Did they choose people without it? Did they remove it before it goes? Both. Just in, base, in case they have an appendix. One or the other. In case they have an appendicite. Well, uh, fuck, no, appendicitis. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nobody laugh out there. <laughs> 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 well, because the reason why is because they looked at Arctic expeditions and stuff like that. Where the um, they'd had sort of surgeons fully sort of like compass, excellent compass mental yeah, surgeons yeah. Things out in the Arctic Expo. And there was one particular case where a surgeon, the only surgeon or doctor on this sort of thing, got appendicitis. Oh, God. So it's like, well, what the fucking hell do you do? Oh. And he had to operate on himself. <laughs> I've heard of people doing that. That yeah. is mental. He had to operate on himself and remove his own appendix, where normally oh, to remove God. an appendix, you have to be knocked out to do it. So oh. he's, he's, he's laid there, sort of like cutting did himself. Did he do up. it? Yeah, he, he did it, and he, he had he had ordinary other people members of staff wow. as assistants. But he managed it, but to avoid that kind of conundrum of something going wrong in space, they uh, they had the appendix removed. Ma, I tell you what, they're the different breed. I am so soft. I'm scared of nearly everything. You know what I mean? I couldn't do that. Couldn't get a splinter out of my finger all the day. You know what I mean? Don't <laughs> like whip your own appendix out. Yeah. How could you do that? That's like me. I am mean, just like, oh, that's it for me, boys. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> Bottle of whiskey and throw me over, you know. 
I'm a dead duck. God, no. that's so hard, isn't it? It that? is really, really mega hard, isn't it? It's operating in itself. Jeez. But obviously in space, you don't want to be doing that because I mean, imagine operating in itself in zero G. <laughs> or claret going everywhere. <laughs> oh, in that. Oh, God, you know, that's a meatball. No, it's not a meatball. <laughs> Absolutely vile, isn't it? Oh, I can't imagine it. So, you know, that's that's the thing that's ever been in space. But you know, That's a good, that's really good. Yeah, that's, that's really, really good. Wizard, it, oh, not half. <laughs> yeah, I love them to remember is that. So that's the other thing that we've got to do because obviously going across to Mars now, you know, that's one thing we are, are really going to have to get our heads around is that people are going to die out there. Mm, yeah. And, it's, and it's, you people, oh, come on, man, don't be so grim about it. Yeah. The truth is we're going to have to be prepared for people dying on the way to Mars, on the way back or on Mars. Yeah, yeah. You know, space death is something yeah. we're just going to have to get our heads around. It's going to come a lot, isn't it? Because it's just so, such unknown territory. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've got to live and learn and pioneer as well. Well, they're not coming back as well. That's the whole oh, idea that even with the training to go to Mars or volunteering to go to Mars, it's a one-way trip. <sighs> That's so scary. How do you go? Why do they sign up for it now, don't they? There's loads wants to go. I mean, but uh, do you know something, right? Um, I always, I've always wanted to go to like Niagara Falls or Grand Canyon or somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah. really beautiful. I still want to come back. Yeah, exactly. Mars looks shit. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He's on another planet, though. I mean, to say you've been on another planet. If you like Total Recall, cool, I'll go. You know, I mean, it looks ace in that. But they're doing it for real. Do you remember what that woman with three tits? <laughs> 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 that bar looks sweet, though. Doesn't it does look really good yeah <laughs> but going there and it's just desert and you just have to get in a spaceship and how do you get chained get your jammies on and that it's like <laughs> just no. we're out of box oh god no just get bored looking at rocks you would wouldn't you and that red dust and every oh no it just was just so boring around. I mean you, if you pop you down on a desert somewhere doing it fighting around and say oh you're a Mars you yeah you know you get bored in no time oh, massively that's within, what within about me. 10 minutes <laughs> and this Willie really saying oh yeah I'm on Mars mate oh bloody hell novelty well, well quick but yeah we've done it yeah as soon as you set down there done it you yeah. know, what's the next oh there's and you know as well you'd be there for about 10 years wouldn't you and you'd be bored and you've done it all and you've been and you've Survived, and all your mates have died here and there. Next thing you know, new sort of stage of spaceships is coming over. Loads of people coming to Mars right yeah. quickly. I'm here first. Oh, we it's mine. Out, yeah, worked out wormholes. We know yeah. now. It only took me about half an hour to get here. <laughs> all right, Ken, you've been here for young time. Yeah. You? You're not all out back though because you're all crusty and weird. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Got a wonky smell on. You bring back about Mars germs. Yeah. You know, and that's it. It's a, it that's your boast all gone. Yeah, and that's the best look. You could be there on your own forever, couldn't you? Oh, God, this is grim. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the 1983 were bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's face it. The only way you're going to get sucked off on Mars is with a giant sort of um, flashlight that yeah. fits over your legs mm. to stop you getting a bulgy, wonky eye syndrome. Oh, no, I'm staying at Earth. Staying right here, cracking me. I'm not going nowhere. You can keep nah. Niagara Falls and everything. I don't want to go nowhere. Maybe what we need is evidence of creatures or things visiting Earth. Mm. I'm weary for the springtime when we take the road once more. For the planting and the purling and the berry fields of black We'll meet up with our kinfolk from all the world around When the gang of bird folk take the road and yellows on the broom When yellows on the broom When yellows on the broom And I'll get you on the road again When yellows on the broom yeah, so we're going to do two things here, which is a bit fun, right? We're off up into space. Oh, right? so we are, we, are, we are off into space again. 
We're going back in time. Oh. Right, because let's face it, you know, there's been lots of alien encounters and things like this, right? Yeah. And you people sort of seen things. A lot of people say the first alien encounter was with um, Roswell and all that. Um, Roswell, yeah, and, and the actual sort of naming of the UFO was, I can't remember his name now, the, the pilot was a pilot, one day, and he saw those ah. like, UFOs flying below him, and that was one of the first proper classes like the UFO sighting thing. Yeah. Roswell's up there as well, you know. But we're going back to 1561, mm, right? This is juicy. This is juicy, and this is the uh, this is called the U- the Nuremberg event. Wow! And this is from John Black for Ancient Origins, and he says it was in April 1561 when all residents of Nuremberg, Germany, came out of their houses to investigate mysterious lights and loud sounds. They watched the sky in awe and fear as they witnessed what appeared to be some kind of air battle. And all of this in broad daylight of the early morning. The reports of events (laughs) says it lasted for about an hour. And artist Hans Glaser documented the strange event for the German Nuremberg Gazette. Describing the event, he refers to crosses, tubes, wheels and multicoloured objects and globes over the city. Hundreds of them. Oh, God, that's it. Objects would disappear in smoke and some even crashing into the ground. The smoke was visible for miles. This image and description has begged explanation for centuries. What on earth could explain these phenomena that were seemingly witnessed by so many people? Now, would you like to see Hans Glazer's... Oh, God, I yeah. need to see right. these. So you've got to remember this is from 1561. Yeah. So, but and I've only got a little copy of it there. I can probably find you... Put my binoculars on. So that you can see Hans Glazer's depiction of what he saw in the sky. Now, what I'll do is I'll just describe it, but I will be putting it up on our uh, social media. And if you want to contact us with anything about this that you see, it's at crackandcovepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's at Twitter, at crackandcove, or Instagram at crackandcovepod. And of course, if you just type in crackandcove into Facebook, you'll find us. But this particular piece of art, it depicts like a flaming sun right in the sky. So that's basically saying it gives you the time of day as well, I yeah, think, yeah. the sun. So which is about midday, so it's high in the sky. And you can see the city of Nuremberg down on the ground below being spread out, and you can see people coming out of the town and staring and pointing up at the sky. Little church underneath, and some of these strange like balls or spheres or whatever you want to call them, on the ground and emitting smoke. But in the sky, that's what's actually going on there as multicoloured circles, spheres, weird little arcs, things that look like planks of wood, like broken planks of wood in the sky, tubes, and one below, which I found most mysterious, one big black arrow just sort of gliding along the bottom. And to me, this is, would be sort of like, this is depictions of things that they could, well, they couldn't fathom, basically, because nothing flew through the air. You know, there's no sort of air, there's no planes or anything like that, or it's not even balloons at the time. And um, but what they have depicted, they've done the very best to just do these shapes as they've appeared and what they see. So what do you think of it, mate? Straight away, I think time split. Let's go to the Second World War. I know they had the trials there, but they must have had some action above these skies of uh, of Nuremberg. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I'm going to start with the crosses. Yeah. Planes, circles, ah. flags. Flak. Do you think you're flak? Yeah, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And bombs and just general chaos. And the wooden bits, I reckon it's what what's that jet stream behind it playing? Oh, you know, right. they've been it. I think that's just a massive second world war. Well there were no contrails in World War Two. 
Wasn't there? Bones, have they got hit by some of the big smoking behind them? There could be smoke behind, things like that, yeah. And the, but they have, did, they have done a great depiction of smoke underneath, though. Well, very true. But in the sky, you know, when you see it, kind of fucking yeah, up. Yeah, but it could be maybe, well, well, let's say it's, maybe it's not World War Two. maybe it's a different air battle that's yeah. going on. But the main thing I can't understand, the sun has got a goddamn face. <laughs> <laughs> the sun always was depicted with a face back there. No, it's not mean... really got a face, baby. We've got some funky collars on it, hasn't it? You know yeah. <laughs> Jesus, but what is the black, weird, sword thing? Shit, yeah, it's almost like a Death Star, isn't it? it is, yeah, it is like that, yeah. Like a futuristic battle or something yeah. And he, he, the, the artist who's obviously been a witness and trying to depict this himself, what he's seen, he's, he's done his best. He has, yeah. And I, I, you see, I'm more inclined, I can see what you're seeing with planes and things, you know, to say what these crosses might be, and the spheres and everything. I'm more of the opinion that if, if we do have UFOs visiting or strange craft in the sky or something like that, I think that's what he's seen. I think like basically, a set yeah. two in between two different alien races. Maybe so. You, we don't know what wow. it is. A set, set two over, over the skies of Nuremberg in sort of fifteen sixty one. You know, and the same. What could you know? What on earth could explain these phenomena that was seemingly witnessed by so many people? So some would dismiss all of this as the appearance of meteors or comets or even other natural events. Right? Yeah. And I'm not having any of that. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I'm really not. Because the uniqueness of the Nuremberg incident eliminates such interpretations. The detailed description which is given by Glazer doesn't seem to fit any naturally occurring causes. And he says, right, the dreadful apparition filled the morning sky with cylindrical shapes from which emerged black, red, orange and blue-white spheres that darted around. Between the spheres, there were crosses with the colour of blood. This frightful spectacle was witnessed by numerous men and women. Afterwards, a black, spear-like object appeared. The author of the Gazette warned that the God-fearing will be by no means discard these signs, but will take it to heart as a warning of their merciful Father in Heaven, will mend their lives and faithfully beg God that he averts his wrath, including the well-deserved punishment on us, so that we may temporarily, here and perpetually there, live as his children. Oh, God. That's a Absolutely whoa. mad. It's mad as hell. Yeah. So the same cylinders, crosses and black spear-like objects appearing in the sky is something that you would imagine seeing in a modern air battle, yeah. but not something that would take place half a millennium ago. Tubes spitting out all them orange balls. In well, that's the thing. That's yeah, in, super weird. Yeah, in our era or before, you're in Second World War, you're right, and it ain't even now, is it yet? No. This but is it, it seems like some craft will be like that from future, won't it? Yeah. A cylinder that opens up mothership and they all come popping out. Well, I, I, th- I think as well as people, do you know what a sun dog is? Yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah, one. That's, actually. Like a, that's, yeah. A, that's like a warping of the sort of like suns yeah. or something. It, it, and they can last hours. I saw it was literally about five hours. We saw really? one thing in the sky for about five hours. We drove to the coast, saw it on the way there, drove all the way back. Yeah. It was still there. It was well, that's what I mean, but it's not, it's not a tube spouting out no, balls and no, stuff, you no. know what I mean? Yeah. But they're saying another similar event took place in 1697, so like 130 years later. Is that the one in England? Was it with Wales? This something? was Hamburg, this one. Oh, yeah. And where the crowd watched two enormous globes. Glowing wheels in the sky. These, I've seen pictures of that. I thought it were England. I'm sure that were England. Maybe happened there as well. I don't know. You know, but I mean, but this is a thing. These things have been happening, and this particular event, you know, I think is just. 
I think it's one of the best events. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it's it's not like us now where we sort of witness things and you see stuff kicking off and everything in the sky and you could say it's at least it could be any number of weird things yeah, to say, yeah. Oh well it isn't actually an alien, it's a government aircraft yeah. or something like that. Back then there was nothing in the sky. Yeah. Just, yeah. just birdies. <laughs> <laughs> just birdies. Yeah, that's all we're up there. That's true, and even like now you cannot believe a single thing you see on film because it could be just doctored and just yeah. like graft onto it. Yeah, know? so there, there you've got this guy Glazer who's been looking up at the sky he's seen what he's seen he's basically got his pen and, pa- pen and inks down he's thought right how do I best yeah, you know, depict this it, madness yeah. that I think other, there's other like uh, parchment and written documentation about yeah, it yeah well, well same, it's, other people agreed with it other people saw it there's multiple I mean loads of witnesses well, everybody was out yeah, to the, the whole town, town came out to see it seen smoke for miles it must have been some yeah. neighbouring towns like what the hell happened the only, the only thing I find disappointing is that it said some of these balls and stuff crashed yeah. and there's smoke coming out of them and even in uh, Glazer's picture you can see the balls yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no write up on what happened whether they went to go find out what it was yeah True, yeah, what the hell were left of it? But then again, as you said before, it's some sort of time slip. Yeah. Might get to the field where it crashed or happened. Yeah, it's just know? not there. Just not there. It's like a ghost of a battle. And who's to say what sort of, how far in the future you could say it's World War Two? Might be even further, like a different yeah. space battle. Could have been from past, a bit like, um, what's that? Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time yeah. ago, our kid. <laughs> I don't think he'd quit Mr. Pete. Oh! Yes! Book when it cancelled, Jack. <laughs> Jesus, I never even got started. <laughs> 20 cancels. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, fascinating, though. Ah, it's just so it's so old. You know what I mean. I wonder how many more there is. I bet. Well, that's the thing with these these things that will have been. Uh, if you think about even like the Bible, when uh, when uh, any of these sort of disciples or Mary, anybody mm-hmm. like that, were ascended into heaven, so yeah. they ascended home, and it was always sky chariots that came down for them, wow, whisked yeah. them away. You know, sky chariots. Yeah, the sky chariots yeah. and things like that, and a lot of um, a lot of Buddhist. Stuff of um, history there was that again. It was sky chariots coming down, wow. taking people away. Yeah, so there's lots of lots of sky chariots on the go. <laughs> so I think that's what these have been. The big yeah. old sky chariots yeah. wagging around. You know. Oh man, that's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Love but it. yeah, so I don't know. I have no explanation for that. I just find it an extremely interesting sort of like subject matter, and I, I think they've seen something which defies explanation. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's anything out that they've witnessed which is explainable. As yeah. Oh yeah, they saw a sun dog or yeah, saw a bit yeah. of stick being thrown. Yeah. You know, nothing. They yeah. saw something genuinely weird. Yeah, proper brand new weird, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I for one, I'm all for seeing giant balls in the sky. I am. Yeah. Watch the skies, our kid. <laughs> Watch the Story, a little bit more sort of like fitting for the time, you know. Mm. And um, what do you think? You, do you, you must know what Saint Nicholas is better known as. Oh, old uh, Santa Santa Claus. Yeah, he's Santa Claus, <laughs> right? And, he, and he's dead. Yeah, yeah, I'll gamble it. Yeah. So Saint Nicholas is dead, right? And yeah. his bones are leaking. Oh, is he one of them? Is he? Have they got him stored somewhere? Yeah. Well, this is one of my favourite things, isn't it? So we're gonna have a little bit of a dive into one of my favourite little, uh, my little subjects. 
And this is posted by Charlie Hints for Cult of Weird. Yeah. Right, and I, I, I get a dip in the Cult of Weird. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. And it says, St. Nicholas is the historical inspiration for our modern day Santa Claus and Christmas traditions. He was also a Turkish necromancer and the patron saint of children, sailors, and prostitutes. Hey. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and his bones are leaking. Ugh. A collection of St. Nicholas's bones on display in the Italian Museum in Turkey. And these relics were given to Turkish authorities by an Italian woman in 1925. Don't know where she got them mm. from. Bag of bones. These are all St. Nick's. Thank you very much. Uh, no, I don't believe half of these ones. No, but I, I, it's one of my favourite things. It's going, yeah. to, uh, going to uh, churches <laughs> on the continent and seeing like the finger bone of St. Winifred or something yeah. like that. We're talking know. about if there's a Jesus' foreskin somewhere in the world oh, in the church. Oh, there's loads of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd love to go around with a bong. Just <laughs> 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 smoke up all of them, you know what I mean? See what happens. <laughs> Can you imagine the stench? If it wasn't your balls <laughs> over the fire, wow! <laughs> but uh, but this but when you and I collect human remains, we're considered weird and creepy. When the church does it, the bones are venerated as holy relics. Mm. But often, as evidenced by the history of the catacomb saints, no one knows who these bones actually belong to. So in this case, the bones in question are said to be the remains of the 4th century do-gooder known as St. Nicholas, <laughs> a Turkish bishop who brought dead children back to life and saved young women from a life of prostitution. I don't know if you get away saved and whether you just say, oh, come with me. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, he's a big pimp. So his acts of generosity and necromancy were so legendary that St. Nicholas inspired our modern-day Santa Claus. Wow. But as is often the case with historical figures, his corpse is of great concern to us. He died a long time ago, and though no one really knows what became of him afterwards, there are numerous churches claiming to possess the remains of jolly old Saint Nick. Mm. Are the relics of Saint Nicholas entombed in a crypt in Bari, where they leak an oily substance that eager crowds consume the healing. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. No, that's cream. <laughs> oh. juice. Or is what's left of Chris Kringle a fragment of his holy pelvis residing in a church in Morton Grove, Illinois? Wow. A story there. Well, here's what we know. The name of our modern Christmas deity, Santa Claus, was derived from Sinterklaas, the Dutch name for St. Nicholas. Cool. Nicholas was a bishop of Myra, a Roman town in what is now modern-day Turkey. The miraculous and charitable acts of St. Nicholas were well known in his time. It is said that he made anonymous donations of gold coins to a poor family as a dowry, saving the daughters from a life of slavery and prostitution. Nicholas tossed the coins into the house through a window and they landed in shoes and stockings they'd been hung up to dry. Uh. A medieval tradition grew around this story leading to the gift-giving custom of St. Nicholas Eve on December the 5th. Right. So in another legend there was a butcher who was making a living by luring children into his home to murder them, oh, cut them up and sell them in barrels as food during a time of great famine. Oh, God. When an angel told St. Nicholas of these atrocities, the bishop went to the butcher's home just in time to restore the life to three boys before they could be eaten. Wow. 
And you'd think having your Christmas ham get up and walk away would be actually ruin your holiday <laughs> traditions. But here we are. <laughs> so St. Nicholas even attended the Council of Nicaea, the gathering presided over by the Emperor Constantine in the year 325, where the first uniform Christian doctrine was debated over and decided upon by some 300 bishops to determine the official canon of the Christian religion. Now that's where they actually chose the books that they were going to use in the Bible, yeah, and the yeah. ones that they were going to chuck out. Like the Book of Elon, as well. chuck that one out. But, yeah, one out well, the Book of Eli. Elon. There was an Elon as well. How do you know? <laughs> oh no, I went to space in a fancy car. <laughs> I grew big batteries like clever man. <laughs> But wait a minute, you said you were 15 odd St. Nicholas and Constantine. In, I'm getting well mixed up no, with the 4th century. Alright. Which is about 350 something. So, yeah, this time, if you think about it, it's the Emperor Constantine. Yeah, so, yeah. what has to be remembered there is the Roman Emperor Constantine. Yeah, he's the one who said yes to Christianity, didn't he? He, he, did, like, yeah, yeah. he, decided, he saw which way things were going. He yeah, thought, Do you yeah. know what, I think I better stick with this. It's quite yeah, a good horse yeah. to back. We'll go with Windy, you know Exactly. <laughs> that's that's exactly which is what the Romans did very well, actually. Yeah, they yeah. adopted uh, a lot of Greek gods and things yeah, like this as well, you know, just made them their own, which is what we've been doing ever since to make some. Yeah. I heard that Rome with that jelly, they didn't have an history. They nicked all uh, Greek ones. It was just because they were so jelly, they didn't have anything. It was just like a new republic and they didn't really have out. You so know. they just had, they will have them gods and them gods and rename everything. Massively. Roll, we're off. Yeah, they're right, jealous of Greek's history. Yeah, I think, I think you're probably right there. Heard it off robot pieces, bullet bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, I read it in the book. <laughs> so during the Synod, a delegate from Alexandria named Arius argued the heretical belief that God and Jesus were not the same being. According to Arius, God the Father bestowed power onto his son, making Jesus his first creation. This meant they were individual beings and that God had a greater divinity infuriated by these claims Nicholas slapped Arius in the face <laughs> wow shocked by this display the other bishops stripped Nicholas of his bishop's garments and jailed him is that why he wears red do you know why he wears red he used to wear green, didn't he, at one, but Coca-Cola, I know. I'm, just, I'm, I'm going for a cheap laugh, actually. You probably ruined that one, didn't you? Oh, sorry, I, I forgot all your cheap laughs. And you According to the story, Nicholas spent the night in chains praying for forgiveness. And when the jailer visited him in the morning, Nicholas was free of his shackles and fully dressed in his robes again. Wow. When Constantine heard about the incident, he ordered Nicholas to be freed and fully reinstated as the Bishop of Myra. Upon his death, commonly accepted as December the 6th of roughly 343 AD, St. Nicholas was interred inside a stone tomb in the church where he served. As tales of his work spread in the centuries after, his legend grew and he became known as the patron saint of prostitutes, sailors, travellers, thieves and children. <laughs> That's a funny bunch, isn't it? It's a funny bunch, yeah. <laughs> and Christians made pilgrimages to his tomb. Do you want to have a look at the bones? No, oh, please. Yeah, go on, like a little bit. Come like a little set, you know. You They're all right, juicy. Yeah, you're right about the set. That's like a yeah. That's yeah it's like, like a little red, red velvet box. We'll yeah. pop this on the on our social <laughs> yeah, media. Get rid of them Christmas, couldn't you? Yeah, that's where it all came from. It's like a pipe kit, isn't it? What am I getting for Christmas, mummy? Oh, open up, boy, St Nicholas's jaw. Oh, that's nice. Put them all together, and it's a pipe. Yeah, it's a bit like a transformer that scares the shout, yeah, and ruins your lungs. 
Hmm. Yeah, go right. What? He could be all over. <laughs> There's not much of him. Yeah, well, let's spread it out. Just everyone could have a bit. <laughs> So in 1071, the church was damaged during an attack from Muslim invaders. Fearful that um, harm may come to St. Nicholas's remains, Italian sailors broke open his sarcophagus and stole his bones away to Bari, where they believed they would be safe. Cool. The damaged tomb can still be seen today in the ruins of a Byzantine church in Demre, Turkey. The stolen bones were interred in a crypt in the Basilica di San Nicola in 1089 by Pope Urban II and were undisturbed for almost 900 years. The crypt wasn't opened again until 1953 when the bones were removed for safekeeping while the church underwent restoration. Inside the crypt, the Pontifical Commission appointed for the task found many bones and a nearly complete cranium his head, mm. determined to have belonged to one man who had been over the age of 70, and Nicholas was believed to have been 75 when he died. But mysteriously, there seemed to be a sweet-smelling, oily liquid oozing from St. Nicholas's bones. And even more mysteriously, the church decided the liquid was holy and imbued with healing properties. They dubbed it Mana di St. Nicola, or Santa Manna. The manor of St. Nicholas. Now, do you know what manor is? Uh, it's your manor, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, well, it's manor oh. from heaven was a food. Right. Was, uh, I think it was when the Jews were escaping from uh, from the from the Egyptians, I believe. Oh, yeah. They're not all, all... One tribe of Israel was going yeah, from yeah. A to B anyway. Let's put it that way, as much as I know. Mm. They wanted something to eat. They were all starving. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they during the morning, they found on the ground this white substance, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, God gave him that, didn't they? <laughs> Good of you, God. Thanks. Well, it, it was sweet. It was like, almost like a bread. It was like... Depends it, what you're eating, though, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, this, and this was known as manna from heaven. It was oh, like right. a bread from heaven. Right. And that's what I think any food which is given from God yeah, is yeah. manna from heaven, right? Oh, that's just rotten fucking marabone or something oh, nasty. No, it's a bit leaky and nasty, yeah. Well, it, the thing is, it can't be because it's over a thousand years old. It's one and a half thousand years old. So all that stuff's out of it now. It should, should be anything leaking out well, of it. You have condensation, you know what I mean? It's going to mix with all dust. Yeah. Make me feel a bit sick. <laughs> I still love his fucking thigh bone, though. <laughs> wow. So crowds gather annually to receive healing from the manor. So this stuff's scooped out uh, and they're dabbing it on people, right? Oh and it's ceremonially extracted from the crypt during a celebration on May the 9th called the Feast of the Translation. Wow. And I think a translation is a term given to the relocation of relics, and in this case it's referring to the bones being taken from Mira to Bari. Yeah, right? yeah. So the I like that the sailors did it though, you yeah, know, they were like, yeah. okay, a lot of bandy sailors. A lot of Italian boys. sailors and all, they can imagine with stripy tops and yeah. like big earrings. <laughs> and and flares. Mamma mia! Yeah. Off the go! Yeah. <laughs> and so the manna is gathered during that celebration. So the bones only excrete about 50 millilitres of liquid annually, which is a fuck of a lot to say they're doing it every year. Yeah. 50 millilitres, it's, it's about sort of like, I don't know what, like half a pot bottle? No, it's about that, about 50 millilitres oh, right. there. So it's about a centimetre of liquid in a, in, a, <laughs> in a small glass kind of thing. <laughs> so what it is, it's, it excretes 50 millilitres of liquid annually. So the manna is mixed into holy water and then sold in small decorative glass bottles with the image of St. Nicholas hand painted by local artists. So somehow the people who are doing this 
I managed to make tacky little fucking relic <laughs> gets sent yeah, through it. a miracle. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so scientists at the University of Barry tested this substance in 1925, and they determined it was nothing more than water. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you're right. I think it's like condensation produced inside the tomb. Yeah. Relics, bones or mummified remains of Catholic saints or objects they may have come into contact with in life or death come in many shapes and sizes. They are usually contained in ornate, ornate reliquaries, and that's my favourite place to go to. I like a love looking at reliquaries. Uh, and they're made of gold or covered in precious gems and can take the shape of anything from boxes to arms to life size sculptures of the saint. <laughs> and they rarely come with any provenance. <laughs> <laughs> so St. Nicholas, for example, isn't exclusive to Barry. Apparently, he has pieces scattered across the globe. But we've already seen this so much of it yeah. broken apart, it could be anywhere, you know. And according to the St. Nicholas Centre, oh, that's all right, a Catholic institution dedicated to the legacy of St. Nicholas, there are dozens of churches around the world claiming to possess teeth, phalanges, and other bone fragments of the saint. Phalanges, well, they... <laughs> um, I think just like arm bones and stuff like oh, that, right. to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm guessing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> we don't want any St. Nicholas's wanger, do we? You know what I mean? No bone there. Well, I mean, he's buttcracker and flange. Cisea di St. Nicola, a leader in Venice, is considered by the St. Nicholas Centre to have the second major depository of St. Nicholas's bones. A collection of pieces left behind by the sailors in the Myra tomb. Oh. So in 1925, an Italian woman gave Turkish authorities a case containing five fragments of St. Nicholas's bones that can be seen today in an Italian museum. A piece of bone from the saint's face carved into it has been passed down through the Poveromo family, descendants of one of the original sailors from 900 God, years. They've been doing it for 900 that years. That is incredible. So that's pretty good, is that? So to complicate things even further, archaeologists identified a tomb in 2017 they believed could be the true grave of St. Nicholas beneath the intricately tiled mosaic floor of a church in Turkey's Antalya province. His alleged teeth and finger bones are cherished relics in over a dozen churches in places including Russia, France and the Palestinian territories. Brian Handwerk <laughs> wrote for National Geographic. Brian Handwerk. <laughs> Notable among them was New York City St. Nicholas Orthodox Church, which was destroyed during the collapse of the World Trade Center oh, on God. September the 20, uh, 11th, 2001. The relics were never recovered. Oh, God. So that's that it. One. So the, uh, the Taliban didn't just kill Lee Trader, <laughs> they killed Santa. <laughs> <laughs> And it's worth noting that while stories of Leaking Manor go back to Nicholas's early days as a dead guy in Myra, none of these other relics seem to execute any kind of magic liquid. So until an Arctic expedition uncovers a gleaming sarcophagus of ice that was carved from nails and decorated with candy canes and popcorn garland, we may never know which of these remains actually belong to the real St. Nicholas, you know. Mm. But it was another 2017 discovery that's provided the best evidence so far. St. Martha of Bethany Church and Shrine of All Saints in the town of Morton Grove, Illinois, is home to a collection of relics representing more than 3,000 saints. What? Among them is a fragment of pubic bone that Father Dennis <laughs> O'Neill acquired from, now get this, a seller on eBay. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. Business opportunities here. So, <laughs> get digging, let's get down the graveyard of Kraken Cove, we're going to make a mint. So, an order of nuns in Lyon, France, 
called the Paul Clares, right? That's what the name of the, 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 the nuns are called, the Paul Clares. <laughs> what? Supposedly sold the bone to an anonymous relics dealer who previously sold alleged relics of St. Francis of Assisi, Joan of Arc, John the Baptist, and even pieces of the cross Jesus was crucified on. <laughs> Uh, so O'Neill, this guy, Father Dennis O'Neill, what yeah. a mug, what a chump. <laughs> O'Neill purchased a bone from the collector as part of a lot that included the burial fabric supposedly from St. Clet of Corby, 1381-1447, and St. John Francis Regis, 1597-1640, a mandible supposedly from St. Christina, who lived during the 3rd century, and two teeth supposedly from St. Fiacre, who died around 640. Strange game, this isn't yeah. it? O'Neill said he didn't remember how much he paid for the relics, but thought altogether for all these saintly relics, it may have been about hundred dollars. He's penny buying all these relics. Yeah. He says it's a sin to sell relics. It can be a virtue to rescue them if you're rescuing them back to the church. Oh yeah. Fucking clown. And the editor's notice says, I'm in the market for cheap relics too for my um, church. If anyone happens to have any pieces of saints lying around. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of its dubious origins, the Santa Pelvis may be the real deal. Researchers determined this particular bone has been venerated for 1,700 years. Wow. And unlike other relics, a recent study supports the claim that it could belong to St. Nicholas. Oxford researchers performed radiocarbon testing on the bone and they dated it to the 4th century, placing it in the correct era. And this is of particular interest because typically when relic bones are tested they turn out to be much too recent. And these results at least show that this bone is from the right period of time, making it authenticity much more likely. So future DNA testing could determine if any supposed relics of St. Nicholas belonged to the same person. That's good, isn't it, though? You could really zero it out. Especially if it came from them sailors. I kind of trust them sailors. Well, that's why I, I like the idea of as well. It's like the idea, I think they did snaffle it. And yeah. I think they did keep a little piece. And because they venerated it so much, they did keep a little piece of the bone wrapped in yeah, a piece of cloth. Yeah. And they probably kept it in like a little um, like a little shrine in the family and yeah. passed it down. Passed it down. I wonder why she gave it up in the end, you know? I think it's probably one of those things if she didn't have any children to pass it down to. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she's the last member of the family and she realised, well, where did St. Nicholas come from? Yeah, and she thought, well, actually, yeah, give it back to the place where, where it came from. <laughs> oh, he fucking stank. She's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he's Sick leaking the... all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's proper juice. Yeah, it's like a the leg of Santa or whatever, you know what I mean? Get it back. Give it yeah. back to Turkey and have it. <laughs> but I, I think, though, there might have been all those bits and bats. I'm not so sure. I mean, I've, I've seen loads of relics <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen loads I'm really into that kind of thing anywhere we're going on holiday or anything like that uh, I have to find the oldest <laughs> go in and find there's a bit of head or a bit of something you know I mean one of my favourites I've not actually seen this one but this one where they have like a big gold it's like a hard piece of blood like a dried crusty old piece of blood turns to liquid before the very eyes of the, of the faithful wow. that's a cool one. there's loads of mad magic yeah, going on yeah. in churches oh, and wow. it's, yeah a lot of it's like bullshit and exactly. stuff like that it's so interesting 
amazing in form. It's a setting as well, you know what I mean? I don't want to be sat through a Maserol, but churches are pretty cool, aren't they? You know, yeah. that feel of them and that, it's like, whoa. And then you go into one corner or something, and you find this dusty weird corner, and it's like like an old sort of like a mottled piece of glass, and you look behind the glass, and suddenly there's a skull staring back yeah. at you. It's really a St. Agnes of something, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or burned on the stake yeah, or something. That. You know, it's great. Yeah, yeah, I love all yeah, that. So you've got to dig all these things out. So when you're on the holidays next time, don't be just sort of going down the beach and fanning around, go on the little back street somewhere, yeah. a little look, see if you can find yourself the oldest church or chapel and see if there's something of great interest or madness inside. <laughs> and even on the outside, it's like carved stones, yeah, anything yeah, yeah, really Have are. a look at your local churches, the most yeah. interesting places. Yeah. Because they're basically the only buildings standing from sort of like a thousand years ago. And they're, they're the only things there. So, you know, have a little nosy. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll talk about a little nosy. I'm, I think that's it, our kid. I think we've run off on a bit, haven't we? Yeah, we have run off. We've got to get time already. That time about half an hour ago, to be <laughs> we rattle on I'm sorry about that guy yeah that's it we do but we have a bit of fun while we're at it you know, yeah. like, and one of my favourite stories I've left out so I'm going to have to do that next week Ooh, so, I love it when you tease me yeah so I'm going to do that next week but, yeah. but uh, I, I think what we need now is we just need to get our little feet up in front of this fire you know? yeah. and I think what we need to do is actually get the proper chestnuts out yes yeah, yeah let's have, have a little nibble yeah. no don't say it like that let's have a little nibble <laughs> I can't stand up you've got to do it all I don't mind doing it all I'll get the old chestnut roasters out oh. Get them all on fire and a little snip of something tasty. So, all it's left for me to do now is say it's a big bye bye from Matt. And it's a big Christmas bye bye from Benny. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, guys. See ya. There are three ways you may contact Kraken Cove either by email at krakencovepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at Kraken or Instagram at Kraken Cove Pod. Ha ha!